Bearcat Bounce Podcast, back at it again. As always, on a Monday night, we're here bringing you Bearcat discussion. It's a Monday night after a happy but sad but weird Sunday. One team moves on. One team loses but still has chances to move on. One team has Super Bowl aspirations. The other team has aspirations of figuring things out on the fly. Wow. Junior day. Lots of fun, but snow. Plenty, plenty of snow. That's right. We're going to talk about it all here yet again. Every Monday night, as always, going to bring in my guys, my, my, my pals. All three of them. They're here yet again. Ready to discuss everything Bearcat, everything Cincinnati. Without further ado, Aaron Smith, Chad Brendel, Ryan Royer. Gentlemen, how are we? Uh, good, good. A little crazy weekend with that Bengals game. Um, downtown was buzzing, so I was stuck right in the middle of it, but had had some had some fun down there. And where were you at? I was at none other than the Holy Grail. Hey, Grade A service, Grade A. It's something about the beer there; it just tastes better. I don't know why. What do we do? We call that a crossover, right? <laughs> a little little crossover ad there. A little yeah. shout out to the Holy Grail. Yeah. Aaron, sir, how are we? I'm on cloud nine. Nine. Everybody said, yeah, everybody said that it, it was supposed to be Buffalo. They were so good. Uh, they gave them the benefit of the doubt, even though we never actually played that game in Cincinnati. Uh, so we went to Buffalo, and they got to play us, took care of business, and uh, – we're on to Kansas City. One last go. Trying to make it four in a row in just over a year. Well, okay. There we go. Chad, how are we? I'm here. There we go. Things are things are okay. So, you know, stabilized, but not not improving at the rate that I would like her to improve. But mm-hmm. we're getting there. We're getting there. One step at a time. I'm uh, I'm good. She's good. I'm good. There we go. There we go. Thank you, G Mac. G Mac. Welcome back, G Mac. Welcome back. But uh, yeah, so Bengal Bounce Podcast. Should we just roll with that? <laughs> just kind of kind of make us all happy on this Monday. I I, I don't I, feel like people listening to, listening to people yell at me. Yeah, I don't think we can really do that. We'll take, but... we'll take care of that tomorrow on PTP. Don't worry. <laughs> there we go. There we go. I, but but here on the Bearcat Bounce Podcast, we got to talk about some fixing. You know, some things that need need uh, adjusted. Some things that might need you know a, a fresh oil change. That's that's also where you can get it done for your car at Danco Transmission and Auto Care. Head on down to Danco Transmission Auto Care. What Fairfield, Ohio? I I never mentioned the location because. I don't really quite know the burbs of uh, of the nasty Fairfield. Yeah, basically, but right right past Jungle Gyms on Route Four in Fairfield. Right past Jungle Gyms. If you see the Mexican place, maybe go inside, see if Joe is in there. Say Danco Joe, I'll follow you back to the shop. Let's get the fixings done. But uh, as always, mention Chad, Aaron, Ryan, myself. Mention West Miller. Mention the BBP. Do it. Get yourself a little <laughs> uh, little. Do it now. Little help, little little change for your car. But uh, yeah, speaking of change, we we mentioned Bengals, we mentioned 
the uh, quote unquote purgatory, if you will, the the struggles that they went through of making it to the playoffs, not really getting there, and then they make a change, and then it takes a little while to to get things figured out before all of a sudden here they are. They find an alpha. They make the, they make the changes needed to get the additions needed, and look at this back to back postseason success stories. Maybe the similar thing could happen for no, the West Point of the basketball team. Rough one uh, after what was probably would you guys say maybe the best half of Bearcat basketball of the West Miller tenure, leading leading up to this past Saturday was that first half at USF. It's up there. It's up there. Um, there, I mean, there have been a bunch of fifty-point halves already this year. Uh, the, the defense has gotten better. The rebounding has gotten better. That's an improved USF team that knocked off UCF over the weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if I'm ready to say it's it's by far the best, but it's it's definitely one of the cleaner halves of basketball that they've played for sure. Yep. It was a fun game to watch, and it was as good a half as I can remember. Uh, that's saying that's not saying a whole lot, as I don't traditionally remember halves. But no, it was it was a lot of fun watching them knock down damn near everything after having a an abysmal starting five minutes of that half. Yeah, it was rough, but bounced back, won that one, and and, and won it pretty pretty easily. Um, if we're actually thinking about it, you know, it was a. Uh, 85, sorry, 80, yeah, 85 69 final, but it was definitely more of a spread than that throughout the entire game. Then comes Sunday. Uh, first off, weather, guys. I, you know, when I woke up, started getting ready, hopped in the car, and all of a sudden I'm hearing, seeing texts about crazy snow and, and the 513 and this, that, and the other. People are nervous about attendance. I, you know, I, I had no idea that a blizzard was going to hit Cincinnati. But uh, I guess that's that's kind of what took over. Um, your thoughts? Well, it's just it one of that. those stupid situations where they predicted no snow or very little snow, and everybody woke up to like three inches of snow. Like, what the hell are we doing? Someone's got to be held accountable at WLWT five. Okay. <laughs> just just five. Nowhere else. Just five. Me and my buddies have been on on their ass on Twitter just for various stuff around the city. So I'm gonna hop on the train and dog WLWT five. Get your weatherman together right now. Hey, you've literally got one job. You got one job. <laughs> What's the weather gonna be like tomorrow in fucking Cincinnati? Who's who's having a tougher weekend? The da- the Dallas Cowboys kicker. Brett Mar- or, yeah, I was about to say that. Or the WLWT five weatherman. <laughs> oh Doppler. Yeah, I was watching that at a bar yesterday as well, and they were like, You have one job. You literally have one job. Every time that he came out of the field and he ended up being kind of a beast in the uh, second half for them. That that was my favorite part was before the game. He missed a couple before the game, and Jerry Jones yeah. came down from the box talk. to have a little a little chat. Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> so listen, I'm gonna have that. you off after the game if you don't fix it. <laughs> I'm going to have you off right now. Right now. You're not going to make it to the game. (laughs) We're going to take you out back. You're going to be floating. You're going to be a rock tied to your shoe in the bay somewhere between (laughs) San Francisco and Oakland. (laughs) And then then Brett Maron 
he he immediately looks over at CD Lamb and CD's like, I don't got your back no more, man. No, <laughs> I am off of it now. But uh, yeah, I, so it was it was kind of a a blur start to to what you know was expected to hopefully be a big crowd because you know you mentioned Memphis and the you know of course the blessed AAC granting us with with the beautiful transition from the basketball game right into the Bengals game. So now you add the Bengals game on top of of what is a uh, pretty crappy weather situation. <clears throat> I'm sure quite a lot of people were like, you know what? I'm just going to go ahead and catch them all at the uh, my humble abode. So um, attendance took a bit of a hit. I thought it was nice what they did, though, in regards to allowing allowing any any student to come to the game free. And at what was it, after the 8-minute or was it after the 12-minute that they said uh, people could come down from the upper bowl down to the lower bowl? Yeah, I – I didn't quite hear the announcement, but I was coming in off Hopple. I saw a couple of people on the side. You know, I said I was thinking maybe I bring them with me to to cheer on the Bearcats a little bit. <laughs> but uh, nah, it it, uh, it definitely took a hit with that. It, it seems to always do it with with Memphis last year. Of course, that game was ice storm. Was ice storm. It was just uh, I don't know. It is what it is. But definitely had a bit of an effect on the attendance. But when when they need to be loud, of course the place is loud. Uh, and but. I don't know. I, I made the weird trip over and I made it, but uh, in, in attendance there, of course you get the beginning of the game and the, the technical foul uh, offsetting on both teams, best player. I, I understand wanting to take control of games, but I think that's just taking it a completely different level. It's different if it's the NBA, you have six of them that you can use. But pick, giving a foul to Kendrick Davis and, and Landers Nolly right off the bat is not the way that you want the uh, officials to start. What What's gained by that? Like, can't at that point, you haven't said anything. Like, can't you just talk to both guys? Like, look, cut the shit, fellas. Like, not today. Like, can't you be an actual official? and officiate and, and mitigate the situation instead of taking the best player on each team and slapping a technical on them one minute into the fucking game. Like, what are we doing? What are we doing? <laughs> I know. It just seems like I don't, I don't know if the officials – you saw it, you see it a lot in the NBA, just the crackdown, but maybe just the past couple of years you see that hard, like, turn to, like, being all over the players. I mean, I, you don't really see that much in football. They, they feel a little more removed. They talk but, to you guys a lot, though, don't they? Oh, yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Like, they'll give us warnings, like maybe two warnings, too, sometimes. I mean, like, yeah. there's some there's some heinous shit being said and done on a football game. They gave field. Ivan 10 <laughs> warnings in one game. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I'm with you guys. Like, I think especially at the beginning of the game, it'd be one thing if they were, like, going at it all game and, like, he talked to him, But coming out the gate like that, I thought it was – bullshit dumber than shit well the the tv said that they tried to corral the emotions that run high in this game and i'm just thinking to myself outside of on for memphis in particular not even i mean cincinnati had quite a few people returning but for memphis in particular they weren't returning that many guys from last year right so and and it's weird like like i don't know if this is a situational thing but like Malcolm Dandridge and, and Alex Lomax are two players who are out with injury right now right. from Memphis. And and neither of them even traveled with the team. I, I thought that was kind of weird. 
I I didn't see either of them on the bench. They might have been hidden somewhere, but but I didn't see them. I thought that was kind of strange. But yeah, there's there's really no connection from one year to the next, other than Kendrick Davis being at SMU for multiple years and then DeAndre Williams. But yeah, I I guess a high level game. Um, but yet again, the crowd was decimated by the weather and and the Bengals situation. So it was it was kind of strange. But yeah, you pick up that and then immediately. Davis is guarding Landers down on the post a minute later. And I just knew immediately whichever player makes the wrong decision, whether it's Landers backing down one step too many or whether it be Kendrick kind of leaning in a little bit, I knew another foul was going to be called on one of the two of them. And, of course, it was the flop charge on Landers, picking up his second foul two and a half minutes into the game. I, that's just – I don't know. That's that's way to completely take control of the game. For the officials, and they uh, they were able to do so. I I don't like it, but in return it was <laughs> that was a twelve three start to the game with Landers on the bench, and they actually brought Landers right back in after that. Uh, is that do you think the slow start had to do with kind of the the lack of flow from the early whistles? Obviously, it's been a kind of a something that's been an issue with the team up to now. But I don't know. I just kind of felt like. That was a, a way to really take take a lot of air out of the sails for both sides. Yeah, it always is. But I it's just a common theme that big games this year, just slow starts. Slow starts kill you, man. I mean, especially if you're playing a, a good team, you, you need to see some shots uh, go in to start the game. And that's something the Bearcats, just with these like higher-profiled opponents, they've just been struggling with. And, you know, it just it writes itself. It just finds a way to end up – being another loss in the column, and it's obviously a negative trend we can't seem to shed. But, you know, when it comes down to it, you know, you, you got to have your guys step up. You can't shoot 40% from the floor and expect to win a lot of games, especially. Take against... a one of 13 from three in the first half. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What were they? What were they, 20? What were they, like six for 20-something? For the game. Total. Yeah, yeah, they made five in the second half, so – yeah, um, like six of twenty-four. Yeah, this is this is what I, I posted last night on the board. We talked last year about the team had a lot of pieces, but they didn't have any parts. And by that, in in Danco Joe Auto Care terms, they they had a lot of nuts and bolts and screws and you know the, the things that you need to build parts, but they didn't have really any parts. This year, they got a lot of parts. Mm-hmm. They've got tires and, you know, they've got a wheel, uh, but I don't know that they have an engine, right? I don't know that they have a Kendrick Davis that like when Memphis got in trouble a couple times in that game, when UC started to creep back in, Kendrick Davis said, give me the ball. I'm going to the bucket. I'm either going to score or I'm getting to the free throw line. Like I'm going to offensively, drag us across the finish line. You know, I like Vic career high, had a great game. Landers had a really good game. Dave didn't have his best game, but he did get to the line. He made 10 of 11 from the line. He was effective to get his, his 15 points, but then there was nothing else. And I just, we see it. So we've seen it so much in big games that they just don't have like what Des meant to you guys, Ryan. Yeah. When Des showed up on the scene, where Des and then Mike Warren 
It might have been the engine on that first team mm-hmm. where Mike was just like, not losing, D- don't care, give it to me 40 times, and mm-hmm. I'm going to get us across this goal line at the end of the game to get us singing we got the dub in the locker room. Like, mm-hmm. that. but I don't know who is who on this team is has shown that ability to say – we're not losing. We're not. We're we're getting this win and getting into the locker room happy in the bigger games. And I I don't know how much of that is. They don't have that person on the roster, and I don't know how much of that is. How much of it is just not having done it? You know what I mean? Like they get mm-hmm. in these big games and they played with. It, they, there's been very few times you know, the first Houston game last year, Ohio state got out of hand like late in that game, mm-hmm. but for the most part, they've been in striking distance in all these games, yeah. but they haven't gotten over the hump. I wonder how much of it is just, if they, if they could get over the hump in one or two, the ball starts rolling downhill because then they, they have that, you know, that little swag. Maybe that's mm-hmm. – and I think that's – I said it last night in the nightcap. Do you feel like this team has swag? Like, you feel like this team – you see them walk on the court like, you're on our court, we're winning this fucking game. No. I don't sense that yet. Yeah, I agree. And I think, you know, going back to the point where we're talking about the slow start, it's like we have to keep clawing back to get within striking yeah. distance and, like – that's hard to do. That takes a lot of energy, a lot of emotion. And all right, you get it to four. It's like, all right, we just, we just emptied damn near the whole tank to get back into this thing. We've been doing that all the first half. And it just, sometimes you just can like run out of gas, run out of, run out of luck sometimes too. And I, I, when you were talking about guys to carry us like over the hump to, I, the way Dave was playing at the beginning of the year, I was kind of, I was like, oh, that could be, that he could be the guy. He's got the experience. He's been on the team longer. He's yeah. been he's been in the he's been playing basketball longer than most of these guys. And then, but then you're like, oh, we got we got Nolly, who's got the skill, the shot. But it's just like neither of those guys. When it when push comes to shove, when it's crunch time, it's like you're not getting the best of them. It seems like. Well, I think here's the problem with Dave. And it's it's not a problem. It's just it's just reality. Dave is not a downhill guy, right? Dave is not get in the lane. No one contact. on the team is right. No, they don't have one. But for Dave, what's going to cause those inconsistencies is Dave's a jump shooter, and and he takes a lot of long twos. He takes a lot of threes. That is, he's got a, a nice floater. He's got a decent mid range game. But when teams are blitzing him like they've been doing or they've been high hedging or they're, they're playing aggressive with, aggressively defending him off the ball screen mm-hmm. to where he can't turn the corner, he doesn't have a, a, a counter, right? right? He can't split it and get down the lane like great point guards do, right? They come off, they come off of that, they see, they read the, the coverage, and they attack it. He's not – that's not who he is. So you're going to have inconsistency with him because he doesn't have that that 
three level scorer thing to like he's a he's a two level scorer and it's right. the mid range and the three point shot and you got some would say to, the mid range isn't you you don't you shouldn't really have that it. yeah but it's what he does well yeah like yeah but he can't get to the rim and, and not super draw big. contact there right yeah, he's that small so that's what that's what teams do is they put what well, they put especially in conference they put longer guys on him. He's quick though. I mean, he's yeah, got, he he's, is. Got, he's really good laterally. I think he's got a really good first step. It's like, but at the end of the day, like everyone's quick, everyone's athletic. Like this is like really right. good basketball. So there, that gap of athleticism is so, sh- and so small. And like you get Dave, what six, one, like, all right, you might get a little half a body past the defender, but how the hell is he going to go up there in the trees right. and be able to finish or draw fouls? So. There are I mean, ways to do it. It's just not his game. Yeah. Right. Well, well, and Chad, I think you pointed out the amount of times that Dave was able to get to the free throw line. It, it, he gets a bulk of those with, with that pump fake, and then yeah. going into the defender and and then getting well, the via that. He, he plays off the step back, right? Because he's so good at the step back and takes right. so many of the step backs that he'll step back, and if he sees you lunging, then he'll he'll get you up in the air right. and and put the foul on you. Which is is great. That's that's if you're gonna be a jump shooter, it's super beneficial to have something like that in your in your arsenal. Um, but, but numerous it, times, it's going to make you inconsistent if right. you're a two level scorer and one of those levels isn't putting the ball in the in the basket from two feet. Which was he? Basketball. He, he gets behind by his guy numerous times and has him on his hip, which you saw, which you see Kendrick Davis do, which. What Kendrick is able to do is use that contact to get to the free throw line. And that's what past Bearcats have done before. But yeah, it's just something that's not in the arsenal. And you know, you mentioned kind of the same thing with Landers. It's like, you know, you see him get past his defender or have a step, but it's it's to gather and pull up for, you know, a little 10 to 15 footer. It's not to get all the way to the rim. And, you know, that's just the game. I, I think it's a lot of, a lot of the players on the team right now are all jump shooters. I think Dan Skillings is probably the one player that shows the knack to want to get all the way to the rim every single time. He just has a little bit longer to develop that next step of finishing at the rim, which, I mean, when he gets there, it's going to be it's gonna be something special to watch. But yet, yet again, going back to this game, it's like, you know, you have, you have certain players step up where when you need them, but then when you ultimately need the players to step up who have throughout the season, like, like Adam Adams was wide open for a three numerous times it, you know, that they, they miss and, you know, whether it's the point where it's like, okay, well, certain players that in that situation can knock down those shots or whether it's, you know, Micah has shown the ability to, but maybe he's not someone who can at a consistent notch. It just seems as if the whole thing is kind of shown through the uh, high level opponents when they play. Cause Memphis is going to be an NCAA tournament team unless they lose some pretty bad games down the stretch. They're, I think they're projected by most bracketologists. So I, it's just It's also the nature of being a jump shooting team. Right. Yeah. You're you're relying on something that you do at a success at a failure rate of 65%. Right. <laughs> they fail on 65% of the threes that they that they take and that is one of the better team shooting percentages in program history. 
This is a good jump shooting team. But when you fail at something 65% of the time, the law of averages are that sometimes you're going to be one for 13 and a half. Whether you take good ones or not, that's how it works. You imagine, but oh, you guys did it, Ryan. You guys ran kickers out there for a couple of years that hit on about one of 13. <laughs> Bryce Burton. <laughs> career career practice percentage. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. It's, it's, it's the nature of being a jump shooting team. You're going to live with it and die by it from time to time. Now, I, I love, we talked about this last night. I love the adjustment that Wes made. Not only they were they high hedging on ball screens to push Dave back, but then they were switching on the wings. So any of the the actions that were coming up from the wing, they had the defender ready to switch and not only switch, but switch and deny. And have his body in position where they couldn't make that pass from the point to the wing without the guy having to come all the way up the floor and having it be super contested. So the counter was to roll Vic hard to the rim. Mm -hmm. And that's how Vic ended up with the career day. He would come set the ball screen and he would either slip it early as they were setting the hedge, or he would wait, let the guard come off of it two steps, slip straight to the rim and and get easy baskets that way. Uh, I thought that was a great adjustment by Wes to recognize, okay, this is the way that they're they're trying to take us out of our offense. Let's go to something that we don't use quite as much, right? Yeah. And what well, I think Vic will be hard on himself as well for missing the free throws that free he did, throws. especially yeah. that that front end of the one and one coming out of the timeout would have brought them back within I think five. Uh and instead he misses it and Memphis extends the lead again. Um, Aaron, I what 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 is the quick fix? Is there a quick fix to these bigger, you know, higher level games and and trying to to, to come out on top? Because I, you know, you you look at the record right now at fourteen and seven, five and three in the conference, and it it's not like it's you know the sky is quite falling yet. You know what I mean? It's the losses have been to teams that are are good teams you know, outside of NKU and and I mean Temple is even looking pretty good right now. So, what is, is there a quick fix or is this kind of just something where steadily you just hope that they're able to find something that clicks against against these higher level teams? I mean, you could actually use Davenport as a guy off the bench instead of waiting three or four minutes to bring him in if you truly wanted to have him be a guy that you were highlighting with that second string coming in um, and really I, allow. What do, you, what do you mean there? What, what do you mean what? there? I mean, Bring you could really allow seconds. I feel like that's what we're doing right now. Um, I mean, been coming in at about until, four minutes right around the first TV timeout. I feel like it's been a quicker trigger than that, but in any case, um, I don't know. I don't feel like they're really like, I think, DeJulius is bringing the ball up. I, I brought this up last night. Um, DeJulius is bringing the ball up an awful lot, and I'd like to see Mike Adams-Woods be the guy bringing the ball up and let Dave play off the ball more to allow him to open up his game a little bit more. Uh, you can plan potentially plan a little bit more around Landers, or, or I don't know why they wouldn't be doing that already, though. So I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I, I mean, 
agree with me or not, I think that there are some holes on the team at certain times with certain lineups. And, you know, I, I, I think this is, this, this team is one solid, you know, four away from being a, a, a pretty doggone good team. One that's, that's sniffing around the bubble right now. You know, I, like a DeAndre Williams level type player at the four. Uh, obviously that's not something that's just going to, you know, sprout up out of nowhere and all of a sudden, you know, you have I mean, DeAndre Williams is Williams played with Penny. He did. He did. Right. So we'll have to sprout some like miracle grow from 1980 and see if it works out. But no, I, it, it just seems as if the, the squad is just not that far away. You know, it just, it's just this team in particular is just not that far away from, from sniffing the bubble. You know, if, if they would have somehow won that game on Sunday, then we'd be talking a completely different tune right now. Uh, you know the the possibility of getting hot against these teams as you see UCF is all of a sudden looking beatable. I'm not saying Houston would would lose another one at home to a team that they shouldn't, but I, it seems as if everyone's looking vulnerable. But there's not that quick fix on on the roster right now. So I don't know. It it, it seems like there's got to be some sort of way to to bring out some wins down the stretch because. The next wind of games is going to be pretty tough. You know, Tulsa's the cupcake. You'll easily take that. But three out of those other four games, you know, you're at Houston, home against UCF, and then at Tulane. That's a, that is a barn burner of a stretch right there. Ryan, anything that you think that, you know, just some, some juice in the team, I, I guess a week off. A week off is pretty much a bye week for the football team. So mm-hmm. I, what – What's like a refresher that that you guys were able to do to kind of spruce up new new life when you came back after the break? It was just like time away. It like practice was a little shorter, and you felt like you could just like reset everything, could reset your life, whether it be school, socially, and football. You can heal up. Just not that you you, you love your teammates, you love your coaches, and everyone else does. It's just it's always good to like t- get a little break, especially when basketball is even more grueling than football, maybe not physical contact wise, but the amount of games, the amount of travel mm-hmm. and it just takes a lot out of you. And I think it'd be good for guys to kind of heal up. Just I, I'm good. I guarantee everyone's sore. Probably got nicks and, and different little minor things going on. Maybe get get on the gun, get some shots up for some guys. Maybe time to reset their confidence. So, I think that I, I think that you got to find a way to win to win three out of those four. I mean, if they can come out of that three and one, I think that'd be damn good. But maybe this week, this little time off will help them get there. Yeah, I, you know, it's just you, you see the upsets that happen in college basketball. You know, whether it be that that Temple win at Houston on Sunday or plethora of other ones all throughout the uh, throughout the country. And you just you, you wonder what what were they able to do that society wasn't able to figure out? Um, Chad, is, is, is it kind of something that, you know, one day you're able to just mentally be there where you need to be? Because Sally Temple came in and shot lights out against against Houston. You know, it's not like Houston had well, they a defended their ass game. off. Houston right. scored what fifty two points? I well, I mean, it was what 55, 52. I it's it was a very low score. Was, game. Yeah, I thought it was the only 
Wasn't it 50? 55, 54, whatever it was, they were in the 50s. Both were in the 50s. Yeah. Yeah. 56, um, 55, yeah. It, it's, it's what we've talked. You've got to be able to dance all the dances. On a night when your shot's not falling, you've got to be able to – you know going into that game that Kendrick Davis and DeAndre Williams are their only chance to win, and they combine for 47 points. Yeah. Okay, so you have a night where the shots aren't falling. Okay, go get in a stance, go play some damn defense, and win the game. Like, they scored 65 or whatever, like – how many games have we seen this team win scoring a lot less than 65? Yeah. Mm. But you, you give up 72, you give up 72. That means you gotta be hitting, you, you gotta be making your shots. Like you you've put yourself in a situation defensively that you're going to have to be on on offense. And they weren't. So when you combine not playing great defense. And struggling with your bread and butter on offense, how, how are you going to win that game? The answer is one, by the way. Uh, the, there's only one game they've won by scoring 65 or less this season. Yeah. And Aaron, I went back and looked. Davenport, the last four games, has checked in right around the 17-minute mark. Sometimes, depending on when the whistle blows, sometimes it's right at about 17 minutes. Sometimes it's down around that first media stop. So uh, Odie's generally playing the first three to four minutes, and then JD is coming in uh, for a spot after that. I just wanted to make sure I was right in my what, thinking, like make sure we were on the same page. What's the strategy with that? Because it's not like – it's like in the – it's in like limbo. He's not starting, but he's also not really like coming off the – it'd be like <laughs> – I think the strategy was to give the that bench unit some offense – yeah. Because when you had Odie there, like, you know, what do we, Odie, Dan, Josh. Yeah. Kalu a little bit now. Jarrett has, he was getting more burned. He back hasn't then. played in six minutes or six games. Right. So I'm not counting it. Like, so, oh, no, I'm saying before they said, yeah. Is Jeremiah. he hurt or is it just coach's decision? DNP. Oh. Out, of, right. out of the rotation. Yeah. Um, I think that's kind of what's behind it more than anything is try to get him as like a spark for that second unit. So you're getting some, some points out of that group. Uh, I mean, as it turned out, he scored six and the rest of the bench scored three. So he doubled up the bench scoring. And I, I think, I think also Ryan, when you're playing him with the ones, you want to make sure those shots are going to Vic, Dave, and Landers, right? Mm, yeah. yeah. So if he's out there taking shots from them with the ones, it's more of a detriment than if he's out there when the you know you've got some some second unit guys in, and maybe he can give you that that offensive spark when you're kind of mixing and matching through the middle yeah. of each half. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I think what it was, it, it was probably that Temple game because. You know, it, it was two points off the bench with, with Skillings. You know, Hensley had four minutes in that game, and I think that was the last game Hensley played was at Temple. And then Josh Reed and Odio Guama combined for zero. So I I think as well, you, you've seen an interesting rise in the defense as well 
as rebounding since the Temple game. And I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that Odio Guadalman starting on the court and giving giving a little bit of a physicality and a defensive mentality to the beginning of the game to kind of settle in instead of just, you know, JD having a couple looks from deep that don't go. And that's, you know, pretty much turnovers in the early stretch and leads to, you know, points the other way. And all of a sudden you're in the hole that the Bearcats were in this past week as well. So I, I don't know. And also another thing, I think they sub out Odie early because he's the backup five on top of. Yeah. So you've got to turn around and then sub him back in for Vic in two minutes. So that is a big part of it as well. Yeah. It's, it's weird, man. It's a, it's a tough time. Injuries obviously hurt. And uh, we've mentioned that for, for quite a while, but you know, it's a, it's, it's a build. And Chad, you started that that thread, and it's it's picked up steam because, you know, this is this is the time of quick fixes in, in college basketball, and you know you see outliers that have been able to do so. Where you know whether it be Drone Tang at, at Kansas State or you know TJ Oatsenberger at at uh, Iowa State, it's it's just weird timing of the whole transfer portal and, and different ways to attack building a team, but. It's it's a weird situation as well with with the AAC and transitioning to the Big Twelve next year. Well, like the, the thing about Kansas State, Brent, they took a guy that virtually nobody else would touch. Right. Didn't play in two years. Yeah, yeah. Keontae Johnson, like, and and you know, it's it's awesome to see him playing well. Great but that score. dude collapsed yeah. on the floor and was almost Hank Gathers. Like, yeah, like they took a chance because what did they have to lose, right? Like you're starting right. over with a new coach and I love me some Jerome Tang. That seems like a really fun dude to play for. Yeah. But they took a chance that very few others were willing to take and it's paying dividends. Right. But you have to account for it at surface level that they took a guy that almost died on the court. Yep. They, they right. rolled the dice and won credit to more power to him like awesome Mm -hmm. but when you're gonna do that man when you're gonna go all in on on we we're bringing in nine new guys you better be in a position to be ready for an entire reset of your program and i i just don't like going into year three of the west miller era now is is when we're gonna reset like that flushes away two years of building culture and you know figuring out what your style is at this level, figuring out, continuing to figure out who you are as a coach for a guy that's, you know, not even 40 yet. Like, I, I just think it's silly to, you're you're throwing the baby out with the bathwater. Right. I agree. I I think it, you can do a, a mix of both. You know, you can have the best of both worlds, whether it be having the foundation and adding pieces on top of it. And Correct. pieces that fill holes immediately. Like, you know, a, a good four on this team with Vic down low and with Nolly, Dave, and uh, yeah. and Micah immediately makes this team that much better because then you do have JD filling in a true bench role. And you do have Odie coming off the bench supplying that, that defense and that rebounding. And they and, genuinely thought Kalu who averaged 16 and seven in, in the a 10 was going to be that guy. And they, yeah. they missed like, right. 
And you know, Kalu had other Power Five offers as well, so it, it, sure. it's, it's it's not like West completely missed. Other people were after him too. So yeah, I I don't know. It just seems you know it's it's, it's hit or miss. And if you're able to hit and you're able to bring in the right pieces, then all of a sudden you're you're speaking happy and you're having a good time. But uh, it just sucks that that game happened, and then now it's a week off, and you've got Houston coming off of a a home conference loss to Temple, who. I'm sure now Kelvin Sampson said all all per, everything is on us. You know that, that that loss is my fault. That loss is on us. And I'm sure that that that's a big, you know, nut check time for them and they're going to come out guns a blazing in both of their games this week. I don't know who they have before Cincinnati, but I imagine yeah, well, UCF at UCF on Wednesday. So that'll be that'll be a fun one to watch and then of course Cincinnati on the road Saturday on CBS and uh, guess 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 where the game is right before Cincinnati versus Houston on CBS. You've got you got things mixed up, bro. What what's that? They're off this week. Then they play Houston Saturday. Yeah, that's what I was saying. Well, you said UCF. At UCF, no, no. that's so no. Houston's playing UCF. Oh, okay, okay, okay. My bad, my bad, my bad. My <laughs> brains, my bad. I just I heard you wrong. That's my that's my apologies. I mean, shoot, no. <laughs> I mean, I wish that was the case, but <laughs> what's the game before? Uh, it, is, <laughs> it is it is sadly that uh, that that team <laughs> in Norwood playing at Creighton. So, um, go Blue Jays. Go <laughs> go Blue Jays. <laughs> Because man, it would be one one heck of a of a rough rough start to Saturday if that was back to back. But anyway, so you got a got a whole week to try and get things figured out, get things squared away, and and put your best effort forward at Houston because I you know this Memphis game backdoor cut after backdoor cut for them. Uh, they did they did correct. We didn't see much of it in the second half. The first half it was a problem. One bath. Tough to see numerous people losing players behind them yeah. on numerous plays. Uh, there were plenty of lazy passes that ended up being fast break dunks or layups too. So the Dan one was was obviously egregious. Yeah, I don't remember any others that were as bad. Like I just in my brain, Aaron, I see that Houston game where there was like the Davenport right after the block. Well, that was dr- trying that was, to. I mean, a, yeah, that was a steal. Much, yeah. But I don't know. Just it, you know, and, and I love hurt. Jeremiah, and and I'm, I I love everything he's done for for UC and the in the city and everything. But but he does have the tendency where he makes a really good play, where that next segment he he does feel like he's you know just drops the bag. <laughs> I mean, just you know and i love the confidence and and I, and i wish every other player on the team just had that ultimate confidence all the time but uh you know sometimes you don't have to pile on a good play with a with a bad play just take the good play and then see what happens um you know the behind the back dribble was just i was it was it was rough but you know it's uh then he knocks down the two threes later on so who knows um Anything else in this one, though, guys? I think uh, such a grab bag with him. It it truly is. I mean, Memphis is they're a solid team, but it's a team that you know, we've mentioned it before. They added obviously the Kendrick Davis is one of the best guards in the country. I mean, He's one really of the best good. players in college basketball. So 
you add that type of player to the mix, and his story is pretty cool. How you know Penny has, has said that he wanted Kendrick Davis for a while, and told Kendrick how much he loves his game, and Penny actually texted Kendrick the second that Kendrick entered the portal last offseason, and uh, and Kendrick Davis replied back to Penny's text saying, "Who's this?" And yeah, I'm, I'm sure that was the first time they talked. You know, n- right. no cover up there or anything. That was, that was definitely the first time they'd ever had communication before he entered the portal. Sure. And then and then Penny's response was, "Call me back and I'll and, and you'll find out." And it was Penny Hardaway, and I guess that sealed the deal for Kendrick to go there and sure some dollar signs as well. But um, I don't. Know. I don't believe any of that story. <laughs> I, I believe that whole story was fabricated to cover up their having a negotiated agreement before he even entered the portal. Well. I, Came out of Kendrick Davis's own mouth, but you know it's it, it is weird how much how okay. many in conference transfers there have been in the AAC. It's, it's it is kind of strange, but um, it's just catching up, dude. If you look at the SEC and the Big Ten, right? Like almost every kid that leaves one school ends up at another school in the conference. Right. Yeah, like it is uncanny how much that shit happens in those two conferences. I think I think everything's being set up in the handshake lines. Hey, <laughs> see you next year. Hit me up. Even Cincinnati with Landers. But no, tell your I, uncle. Tell your uncle to call me back. Yeah. <laughs> Man, let let Coach know to hit me. You ain't happy here. You ain't happy here. That's why. <laughs> that's why, Aaron. When you notice, like the nobodies, the coaches give it this, and then all of a sudden they'll be like a main guy. And the coach is like giving him a hug, talking yeah. in their ear. Yeah, and then like he's like patting the guy's chest and like Yeah. <laughs> well, well no, if if you saw so there was a game ECU versus Houston like three years ago, where in, in the postgame press conference they were asking Kelvin Sampson, you know, you were talking with Jaden Gardner a while afterwards, after after the game today. You know, what were you letting him know? And Kelvin was like, I was just telling him I Really love his game. I've really been watching him from afar, and right. he's a really, really talented <laughs> player. And it's just like, okay, all right. Yeah. Uh-huh. And then Jade Guard transfer, transferred to Virginia, and he's on it. I was just telling him he plays a lot like we play. Yeah. You know? So that might he's be the, something to think about. He's the great, <laughs> he's the great in front of, you know, 4,000 at the Fertitta Center. So whatever you're making, I'll double. Yeah, exactly. Um, he was at ECU. He wasn't making anything, bro. <laughs> now you're able to double it. Free tickets to the boneyard was what he was making. <laughs> uh, now, Chad, I did like your your ex, ex, explanation, geez, of uh, Desmond Ritter on that on the teams with with Ryan because you know I, you look back at like that USF game when Des was a sophomore at USF and it was a dirty, yucky game. Kind of you know low scoring. Des is hurt, and on that last drive, setting up the the game winning field goal, Des just caught his own number the entire way, and it, it it doesn't seem like there's that type of guy. Like Dave did it against Xavier, but he tried, yeah. But that was he making like that was making miraculous shots. Right? Yeah. There's there's no one that's going to be like I'm going to drive to the hole, I'm going to get fouled. I'm gonna I'm gonna get things going and Landers did it against Arizona. Well, that was threes. He, he was making a bunch of threes. Still, I mean, he I, took a he put the team I, on his back. I agree. 
Uh, well, actually, Josh Josh Reed did at the end to get the cover for me. So <laughs> Josh Reed put the team on his back. Get and, out of here. It's big time. Um, but yeah, I mean, either way, it's a tough to battle back from the hole. You know, they came back, then they let up another big run, came back, let up another big one. I, it's just it's hard to do that playing from behind at all times. Do you yeah, think Kendrick Davis? Good. I was just going to say, do you think Kendrick Davis was actually flopping? I don't well, think, I think on the one where I think the whole thing was, was. I think the whole thing was staged. Oh, when Penny took him out and he was on the. Yeah, they didn't even do it. Like they, there was just a coach sitting by him. He didn't look at his ankle. He didn't touch his ankle. He was just standing there. Like, yeah. what are you doing? Just right. breathing on him. What are you doing? I'm going to need you to get. I'm going to. I'm going to pay for this. I'm going to need you to go to the grocery store next time you go and get like four containers of aluminum foil just to have sitting next to you. So every time you have a conspiracy, you can just pull off That wasn't off a, a conspiracy. You could see what happened. He didn't do yeah. anything. He just put the tin foil over your head. He just sat by him. I like that. The uh, conspiracy corner with Aaron. Yeah, conspiracy corner with Aaron. We just you turn your you turn your camera off, and ten seconds later you come back with the aluminum foil on your head, <laughs> and you're like, "Now hear me out." That's got to be the. Uh, the opening line. Now hear me out. Why are you then... trying to make me Alex Jones? Get out of here. <laughs> AJ. Conspiracy corner. Uh, the Bearcats allowed the Ohio Bobcats to get a big lead on them back in 2018 only so that they could show how good they are. I'm going to get oh you one God, of these yeah. that just says conspiracy on it. Put on the wall right behind you. <laughs> Unreal. That's going to be another game I referenced, Ryan, was like – even the early teams got down big. They oh, figured yeah. out a way to climb back and win. That and game was crazy, man. That is nuts. some crazy shit. Some terrible play calling by the Bobbies, but you know we're going to take well, advantage you, of that. You've got to find a way to have somebody drag you across the finish line sometimes. Yeah, yeah. you do. They, they haven't had that yet. Yeah. Just haven't. I think I made Aaron mad again. No. But I mean, yet again, no, I, I'm, I'm with Cincinnati's gonna beat you. Know, teams. you're a conspiracy theorist. <laughs> I like a good conspiracy every once in a while yeah. and spell the C's and conspiracy with C paws. <laughs> That's outstanding. That's I love funny. it. Lock it in. Um. Anything else basketball-wise, guys? I mean, they've got a week off, so then it's back. What's next to chip inside the basketballs? (laughs) (laughs) I don't have any more on basketball. Oh, man. Uh, Well, guess that'll bring it to our first timestamp, though. Yeah, it will. It will. <clears throat> uh, hold on. I wasn't ready for that. I was <coughs> too busy choking myself, laughing at <laughs> the chip and the basketballs. Quick Paper Supply, your local and family-owned restaurant supply company for all your non-food products. Quick Paper services over 150 restaurants with weekly low minimum next-day deliveries, providing a wide range of food service products from to-go containers, cups, custom-printed products, eco-friendly, and much more. 
They also have cleaning and restroom supplies for all your janitorial needs. Call Nick, 513-470-2029. Reference Bearcats for 20% off your first month of purchases. There we go. Quick paper supply, baby. Uh, well, a couple of tweets were sent out. First off, the standard is set. Then, off-season training and airplane metaphors. The plane has departed. That's right. Football team is back. They are lifting weights. They are in the weight room. Mr. Nico Palazzetti is getting them prepared prepared for yet another season of Bearcat football. Ryan, when the squad gets all back together, day one, workouts, what are those vibes normally? And what, what do you think they were with now a new man in charge? So it's normally a little, you don't go right in the first couple days are kind of like easier way in that, that first Friday, you just get shit on basically. <laughs> but the first days are, they're awesome. Just good to be back around the guys. The weight room is like the perfect, like melting pot of stupidity, fun, craziness. So I, and everything I've heard about Nico is that he's, He's from the same tree, you could really say, like the the um, Marathi tree, not the Mitch Marathi tree, the Mickey Marathi tree, but the, the Mitch um, Marathi tree. <laughs> <laughs> and so, I mean, I guarantee you, he's juiced up, getting the guys going, and I, I the guys say they they love him already. So I think it's great fit. I think he's gonna do uh, gonna do great things. So I'm super excited about his hire. Looking forward to meeting him. So Does that surprise you as a guy who has followed Brady in, at every stop that the guys <laughs> no. like him? No, not at all. So Nico's not running around saying, wake up, wake up, wake up, time for breakfast. <laughs> wake up, wake up. Literally, if I could like time it up to punch through the door and hit Mitch in the face during camp when he would do that, I wish I could have done that so bad. <laughs> love, love Mitch, but there's nothing worse than – 645, fifth day in a row, camp higher ground. Wake up, wake up, wake up. God, bring it back. <laughs> oh my goodness, man. <laughs> well, I don't miss that. <laughs> not miss that. One thing that you see though is you know, pictures and videos. You got Dante Corleone, Jack Dingle, you got Dominic Perry, you got I, it, it's just great seeing. The, the old faces coming back in, meaning, you know, not only is there going to be this new staff that's in place, but you've got the same core of, of players that are here, you know, Jawan Briggs, still there, Malik Van getting getting lifted. I Just the the mesh of those old players with the staff is, is refreshing to see, uh, especially when, when it comes out on the field and, and as things get ready to, to get moving forward. As well, on top of that, is the portal has closed. The uh, portal to enter in has closed, meaning that the roster right now is is set. No more defects. I think the last one was uh, Drew Donnelly entering and then heading to I was surprised Texas State. That. Yeah, that was a uh, very interesting. I don't know if that's a going home thing or what it was, but uh, yeah, I I mean, I guess they did you know bring in a lot of new wide receiver transfers, but even still, um, I thought Donnelly had a, had a bright future here. 
with, with the portal closing, you kind of get a little bit of a look to what the team is, the, the roster is heading into spring ball. Uh, what is kind of just some, you know, obviously we're going to touch more as spring ball gets even closer. I think what probably a month out, Chad, if you had to guess, probably a month and a half out roughly. Yeah, it's usually sometime like the first. I, I don't know what Saturday, like you always knew with Fickle it was going to be the first week of spring ball was the week before spring break. Yeah. I don't know what Satterfield's timeline is going to be, so I can't speak on that yet, but it's usually early March uh, and then the spring game in like that that second Saturday in April mm-hmm. has been kind of the sweet spot. I would assume it's going to be something similar to that, but I can't – like with Luke, we knew the week before spring break he wanted to get that that acclimation week out of the way uh, where they weren't allowed to wear pads, get that done before spring break, send the guys on spring break, and then have them in pads for the next four weeks afterwards. Right. Because but- generally it's three practices a week for five weeks. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um. Obviously, with it being about a month away, we'll have more time to talk about it. But just as the now door is shut for players to leave and enter the portal, I guess what is kind of the a, a storyline that you're going to be tracking early on in the spring ball practices? Who's kind of showing out, whether it be a position group that you're monitoring or Shit, the first two weeks of spring the first two weeks of spring practice, I'm going to be trying to figure out who the hell's on the team. <laughs> right, exactly. Exactly, but kind of a position group or something that you're you're kind of going to keep an eye out for. I'm going to start with Ryan and 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 work around just something where obviously now the team's back and you know the the names entering the portal is done for now. May is when it opens back up. I don't know what day in May, but for now this is this is your your Bearcat team heading into next season. Obviously, names can be added out of the portal still, but as far as entering. This is what you got, Ryan. Main storyline about a month out that you're going to really start to track as a spring ball approaches. I'm looking at quarterback and O line. Um, I think those are our biggest. You know, Ben not being able to be ready to go in spring ball. Um, you're going to really see what we got because you never know what happens in the course of a season. Injuries, just overall talent, skill level we'll have in the quarterback room is something we're going to need. Um, and O-line was, I think they'd all tell you, the guys on the team last year, complete letdown. Um, they got some serious work to to get done. And, you know, they don't have a lot of the guys coming back, too. So it's, some, it's a revamp, and it's arguably one of the most important groups in football. So need to nail that down, figure some shit out there, bad. Uh, obviously, the – the two key spots, no doubt about it. Uh, Aaron, what's uh, what's what's twinkling your eye? I'm going to expand on that and just say the entire offense. I mean, you go quarter. There's not a position group that you're not familiar with. There, you're not really familiar with any of these guys. Running back, running back, right. yeah, running Run. back. Sure, um, but even with that, I think I still have question marks as to what can this running back room be behind a competent offensive line whether that be based on coaching, whether that be based on scheme, whether that be based on talent, whatever the case was last year. Um, But clearly they've seen that as a position of need and they've added guys to the offensive line room. 
So I still don't know that we necessarily have tapped into what the running back room can be. Uh, but receiver was has been decimated by the transfer portal um, and graduation. And, um, yeah, I mean, tight end room, again, graduation. Uh, not so much transfer portal. Uh, we do have one new addition, I believe. I think that's it. Um, at tight end. But, yeah, I mean, I, I quarterback. So, yeah, uh, there's plenty of question marks on the offense. Yeah, the one tight end, uh, was that Joey Belgian, the Western yeah. Kentucky link there. Um, so, yeah, so I, I agree. I think I, running back I'm super intrigued by because, uh, you know, Ryan uh, Montgomery comes back, Rhino, for a I, – I believe this is his final year, right? I, I don't think he can – I think so. Do well, another. he's a complicated one because he's, he's had injuries. Right? He gray-shirted, COVID – I yeah. think it's his last one, but I don't want to go on the record saying that with any certainty because he's he's been an interesting case. Yeah. Study. Well, and well, just his his experience and his uh, veteran leadership is is something big. And his name is Ryan, so he's got to be a pretty good guy. Um, Chad, the question of running back is going to be who fits the scheme the best, right? Right. Like this is a new running scheme. This is a yeah. new philosophy on running the football. So who does the staff feel, you know, fits best in what they want to do? Um, and we won't know that really until the season starts. We'll get it. We'll start to get a feel for it um, in spring ball. But I, I that room is fascinating. Wide receiver is going to be fascinating. I think defensively corner is going to be fascinating to see where, you know, Justin Harris and Sammy Anderson and Todd Bumpus fit in. Do any of those guys that were young guys last year, take a jump. Uh, I think the Taylor kid from Florida has got a chance to be your number one guy. Um, I, I I'll go just because, Everybody else is focusing on offense. I'll go corner on defense just because. I was good. That was a thought of that one, too. It's a good point. Yeah. Safety is going to be interesting. Yeah. Really? I mean, the entire secondary because you're losing Hicks. Um, I think, you know, it, it felt like you're looking at threats and Armorion Smith, but do a right. new set of eyes in that secondary. You know, can anybody make a jump there? Because it's not a certainty, I don't think, that that Hicks and our, or that threats and Armorion are just, you know, penciled in as, as surefire things. Mm -hmm. um, you know, does, does Dingle give it a run? Do, do we see Isaiah Cox finally take that, that next step in his development? Um, yeah. That that one's going to be interesting to me as well, because I thought Hitch was, in my opinion, one of the better safety coaches in the country. Yeah. And we saw that with the development when he took over that room, how well they played at safety over the past four years. Um, but new eyes, new opportunity. And you're going to see that across a lot of the roster. Like that's, that's one of the thing about coaching changes that excites a, a roster mm -hmm. guys that feel like maybe I've been pigeonholed. Maybe I, you know, got buried behind somebody that I think I'm better than, or that I think right. I've got more potential than now you're going to get a chance to, to step up and show what you got. Linebacker could be interesting. Yep. Exactly. New staff, man. It's like a reset. It's yeah. like 
guys get excited. It'll be, you know, it's, it's like a little jolt. It's like a personal jolt. You'll see across a lot of guys trying to either revive their careers. And then that's going to make the guys quote unquote in front of them have to step it up even more too. So there are positives coming out of new coaches, but you also lose familiarity experience, right? You know, culture, knowledge, all that stuff. So. Chad, Jordan Young from Florida. I'm sure someone will probably try and get you get you on that at corner. I that oh, no, that is interesting I, I to I see. Who like if you're worried about outsmarting my brain right now, you're you're right. well ahead of the fucking curve. <laughs> there you go. Um, so the so the thing you want to talk medical terms, let's fucking go. You want to talk <laughs> testing results and like hemoglobin and you, like, like white cell blood count, right shit like that i am fucking on it <laughs> why, why was it why was you why was hemoglobin the name drop that came to your head that's just that's part of what she's, she's like, yeah when you get a stem cell why not it messes up all your blood your platelets your blood white blood cells yeah. red blood cell your hemoglobin your plasma your platelets like I, i'm i'm in tune with all of that shit right now. It occupies right. all of my available brain capacity. Right. You got full Chad brain power. It's not a lot. Like that's you know <laughs> I don't know. You got you got a big dome over there. That's a lot of it's big, but that I you only use like 10% of it. So got some air in there, maybe. <laughs> some hot air. <laughs> Quite a bit of that. That's more I, that's more. That's more from the chest. <laughs> more from the yeah. chest. Uh, yeah, if, if you're if you're bragging about being smarter than me on football names, right? Like, that's the thing that's going to be difficult about me for spring practice is I have missed right. so much of this, like the day to day of it. I well, I could. I think it's gonna be hard for anyone at spring practice, though. Well, not normal. Like normally, though, my job is to like have all this shit memorized in my brain, right? It is not there right now. So I'm right. literally going to take two weeks being like, who the fuck is that? Where did he transfer from? I don't remember that at all. No. <laughs> that guy looks pretty good. Yeah. Came from where? He's number what? It off. How, what? How many years does he have left? That I'm going to be you guys. Yeah. I'm going <laughs> to. Here's going to be the ultimate question from here on out, especially with the transfer portal. Is he 2020 or is he right. 2021 and beyond? Right. If he's 2020, he's got COVID year. If he's 21 and beyond, they don't have the extra year. So that's like, okay, shit. When, what high school right. class was he in? Well, but then you still have to make sure they haven't redshirted or. Well, but that's normal. Like that's what we've always dealt yeah. with. I... Now, like the COVID thing throws off the whole math of everything. Because when you hear they have a COVID year, you're just like, I don't, I don't know, I don't know what the red shirt, when they red shirted, how they red shirted, what their COVID year is. I don't, I don't know. He could well, be in college for the next eight years. I think I saw Jakari Robinson. I know. I was gonna say, yeah, I posted just saw a video. tweet today about yeah. his senior year at Bowling Green. Yeah, go get Jakari. Place for Tommy Tuberville. No, Jakari's my age. So you could still be playing. Yeah. Going in next year. <laughs> I would. I that's he, seven was years. He, was he Vic's first class? Was he Vic's first class? Yeah. I thought for some reason he was. He was maybe a Tuberville recruit. That that's what Tuberville. He might have been the sure. recruit. Yeah. Um, he's from. I remember him South. coming to to camp. Alabama, right? Yeah. I remember him coming to camp under Tuberville. 
I just think because, it's funny that that made a news story at Bowling Green because he was out practicing by himself in the snow. Yeah. <laughs> Wearing his Bowling Green uniform. Football. Helmet, pads. Jakari uh, was great. I loved Jakari. Well, he was it, awesome. The interview was fantastic. I oh, enjoyed one of my watching favorite it. guys. Jakari, yeah. seen him do well and big fan of him. I'll be, I'll be right back. Still playing college football. Memphis, then to Bowling Green. <laughs> oh, that was a quick exit by Ryan. We know what he's going. He's on, he's on the Stetson plan. We know what longer Ryan's than that. Going to do. Stetson Bennett's like Garrett Campbell's like. Damn, that dude's been in college a long time. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> all the funny things that people have said about Stetson Bennett just add up and add up, which is which is great. What what's the college ba- Perry Ellis, the college basketball equivalent? Oh my gosh, yeah. Oh, Perry Ellis was at Kansas for 26 years. He played with Danny Manning. Years. Yeah, <laughs> he played with Danny Manning. He's still there. I, I mean, you could say the same thing about like Kendrick Davis and I, what, a, what a dated reference Danny Manning is. You know, you know who I'm was on staff. Game? He's on staff at Louisville. I love it, Chad. It was that guard at uh at Iowa who was there for like. Yeah, I know who you're talking years. about. I can't think of his name. Bohannon. Yeah, Bohannon. He yeah. he definitely uh, he gave Cincinnati the business at that. That was one, Aaron. <coughs> when I first started doing the AAU stuff, <coughs> like Danny Manning walking into a gym, you were like, "Oh shit, Danny Manning, <laughs> it's going down." Oh, Danny! You just—I mean—you see some of these guys when you were a kid, you know. Yeah. All of a sudden, you're sitting next to them at an AAU event, and you want to be like. Hey, I used to watch you when I was eight. <laughs> you were part of that miracle team, Danny. Tops 92 set. I was I, I was to... 11. That was the 88 championship, right? I was 11. It's crazy. Jordan Bohannon was listed as a junior in that game that they played Cincinnati, and he graduated last year. Played his last five game more years Iowa last basketball. Year. <laughs> Nuts. Nuts. But uh yeah, it, Chad, for me, the number one storyline heading into the spring ball is is pretty much exactly what you were kind of mentioning is you know, the new staff comes in, what are some different wrinkles that they're gonna find out of certain players? And I think Deshaun Pace is the that number one player that uh kind of, you know kind of was mentioned as as moving around a little bit. You know, you, you you're not too they sure. They mentioned him as a free safety. Yeah. That's why has, free, that's why safety is fascinating. As a nickel, even like it's just you know. We'll, we'll we'll see what Brian Brown decides to do, but having Deshaun Pace out there roaming, kind of being a little bit more athletic of its of his ability is going to be fun to watch. Where they kind of pick and place different players, so um, I'm just I I'm interested to see who who will be the name from from the returning players that makes that next step that people are starting to talk about. Uh, and that was going to be who I was going to ask Ryan, who's one player that he thinks will be one name that he thinks is going to kind of step up, whether it be, you know, Jack Dingle or you know, whether it be, you know, a certain player that he had been playing with, but even like David, I think his name's Adonis, Adonis Dingle. Adonis Dingle. Yeah. That, that is it. Well, like even David Jones, David Jones was a highly rated recruit coming out of high school. And then it was we, kind of, we need to get Jack Dingle a five, one, three shirts deal. And just have him like Adonis yoked up where it just says Adonis Dingle on it. And then on the back, like it'll say, P.S. I like your ankles too, 
Aaron. That's not, I'm not co-signing that. <laughs> deal. Deal. Um, well, Ryan, oh, you agree? Probably Jack Dingle, maybe David Chen. Okay. Sincere Lewis one to watch too? Okay. Thanks, Sincere Ryan. Lewis is one to watch for sure. Thank you, Ryan. Big I Sincere Lewis guy. Oh, yeah. Have been, have been from the jump. Um, I guess we can timestamp this real quick. Little, little football talk. This timestamp brought to you by our good friends at Quick Paper Supply. They provide mostly disposable restaurant supplies, products like to-go containers, cups, pizza boxes, to-go bags, can liners, napkins, etc. They've been open since 2009 and are one of the largest minority-owned companies in the city. Call Nick, 513-470-2029 and reference Bearcats for 20% off your first month of purchases. Boom, baby. Boom, baby. Um, so this past weekend, which... Chad, did you have any any feelings about the uh, with with that weather that was coming in? How much it would affect the the junior day that Cincinnati had going on? I mean, I thought it might put a damper on things, but apparently it didn't. Right, right. Um, from you know texting back and forth with Mick a little bit and seeing the article he put up today with reactions, it feels like. Pretty much everybody got here. That's also one of the reasons why when you do these things in Cincinnati in late January, you focus on getting guys that are within that 50-mile radius, and and then you cherry-pick a little bit from there um, Mm -hmm. for other guys that might be able to make it up or down, whatever the case may be. But I I do think that's why you, you focus heavily on local on these things because you just never know what the weather's going to, you know, is it going to snow? Is it going to ice? Is it going to rain? Is it going to be crappy? What the travel right. conditions are like? Um, so I think that's part of why, you know, uh, why they do things like they do in that junior day setting. Yeah. Well, it, I mean, even David Julius mentioned it in the post game, how his mom and his brother were planning on coming, but they stopped like 30 minutes out and said we aren't going to drive anymore almost got in an accident so it yeah i mean it was yeah. it was tough to get people in there but uh it, it's I, I mean i i i bailed on i usually go to the hospital in the morning yeah and i waited like soon as the game ended i got in the car and went to the hospital and watched the Bengals game with kelly right but like at at 10 11 o'clock it was nasty outside oh yeah oh yeah it was um I, I got there about 11 o'clock on the campus, 11.15, and uh, walking to Fifth Third Arena, I walked right past multiple new members of the staff and, and players and um, right by a different stadium. And it was awesome to see kind of at that point there was a bunch of people down on the field uh, kind of just playing in the snow and kind of – No, they did photo shoots in the snow. <laughs> Did they do that too? Well, no, no. If you look at the players, yeah, the, the recruits, they're in uniform, like doing snow angels, crawling through the snow. Like they used it to their advantage and said, you know what, we're gonna we're gonna do this photo shoot a little bit out. If the guys that want to go outside, right, and have some fun with it, we're gonna go outside and play in the snow. Well, and well, and then you saw it might have been later than with with the the students and the accessibility of of. Having, yeah. you know, 
different stadium. I'm, I'm sure to some kids that's like, wow, that's awesome. You know, people can have fun. It's kind of a community, a good, you know, feel, homey feel, which is uh, something cool to, to, to take in as well. So kind of see everything that Nippert brings in its, in its glory, even with the snow. So uh, obviously go and read mix article with the player reactions um, without kind of, you know, cherry picking what one player, another player says, Aaron, what's what and Aaron, did you read the article? No, Chad, did you read the article? Obviously a little, little graze through um, yeah. what, was your kind of main takeaway just over a broad scheme of what you were able to see a bunch of the people kind of have a common uh, link? I mean, I don't, I don't look too much into it because they all say the same type thing. Yeah. The same thing. It was a family atmosphere. It was really like, it was amazing. Uh, really comfortable, great yeah. staff and facilities. Um, I could see myself there. Mm-hmm. Great people, great program. I'm just scrolling through like it's 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 all you know it's all similar stuff so um you know it, it doesn't nothing really jumped out other than you know it seemed everybody's impressed by the staff everybody right. seems to be kind of buying into the vibe from the staff which mm-hmm. i think is a good first step yeah which which is what i kind of caught my eye with some people were like you know they're just continuing what was previously there, you know, it's just like the uh, it's seems like it's in great hands program still on the rise and those type of things. And, and even hearing people say the staff was great. Everyone was fun. It was, it was good, good talking to them. Just hearing that, you know, and, instead of them being like, Oh, it was a cool campus. Oh, it was, it, it was fun to, to see what Cincinnati is like. Oh, it's this, that, and the other, you're hearing little validation that the staff is doing their, part of you know making them comfortable and continuing the legacy that the previous staff did here in Cincinnati right. and that's kind of the main thing that I was able to drag out and and now that we have Ryan back I'm gonna ask Ryan the the question um when you were a player on the team who was one underclassman whether it be true freshman whether it be a you know retro freshman or sophomore that you kind of said you know what in two years look out for this guy that that could maybe be Hey, it's it's ready to be his time to make an impact this upcoming season. Hmm. Uh, I remember Jaheem. Jaheem had a ton of potential. It was, it was always like, man, just give him a year, give him two years, just to get better, like mental side of the game. Ahmad Gardner. I mean, we watched when I was watching him as a true freshman. It was like, all right, yeah, like this guy's gonna be crazy. Um, one one that hasn't quite burst through yet. Oh, I see what you're saying. Guys on on the team right now to to yeah. check out in in uh in spring ball. Maybe guys that you think might make a leap in spring ball okay. that haven't yet. Uh, the Adonis, <laughs> Jack Dingle. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I. That's a tough one because I I'm it's getting to that point now. I don't know a lot of guys on the team like compared like especially in the linebacker room. Um, like a I David think it, Jones, maybe. Uh, it seems as if like Sincere Lewis was was making a run. I don't know. Was true freshman was with 
you your senior year. Uh, no, he wasn't. He wasn't. He was a true freshman. Oh, oh yeah, no, no. Uh, who was the other one that I was thinking of? Leroy Bowers, but he transferred. He's gone. Cam yeah. Jr. Is Jr. gone? No, he's still here. I'd say I. that's tough. I, I don't know. I think yeah. I think Jaheim still has room to grow. I think Jaheim could be like a dom. He can go from like making a good impact the end of this year. I think can be like a guy who can like take over games okay. next year. So, I mean that that'd probably be my my best bet in in the linebacker room. Um, but say like I think Amarion and Threats like same kind of situation. Like right, take that him. next step from like being solid contributors to being like, like game affecting type of players. Um, what about yeah. like maybe like a Dom Perry or Rob Jackson. Yeah. Dom. Dom yeah. Those, those guys, they, they have, Domo. Oh yeah. Love Domo too. I mean, and he had, I mean, he was just injured to start the year yeah. and he had all the potential to be in there with like Dante and, and, um, and Eric Phillips and all those guys. And so you got Wally pipped. I know. <laughs> by by the, the Godfather. You never you never look back when you're Wally pipped by the Godfather. No. No. Did you see the Burton thing? Oh yeah, I'm all over that shit. I see everything. That was so funny. <laughs> I What's know. The Burton thing. They did a they, they're doing food stuff on TikTok now. Okay. And they went to Skyline and had the Godfather Cholito with the Godfather. <laughs> oh, yeah. It was yeah. good. And Dante said, I only got two because I know Nico Palazzetti's watching somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> but I do like how Dante's kind of bought all in on the Godfather thing. He's made it his, his Twitter, you know, AVI. Yeah. And, and he's kind of he's, – he's locked in on it. And I, love I it. know. I love it, too. I love it. But, uh, but yeah, I was just interested because – and there's some there's some names that you know you might think whoa this guy's right. Where's right. a has been now, man? He doesn't he doesn't really know anybody anymore. <laughs> Crazy how fast that comes. Better up. than it never was. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> we'll always uh, have Landon football in the spring game. Oh, <laughs> maybe Landon's yep. ready for a big jump this year. Who knows? But, uh, I anyway. think he's just brain damage from back in the day, but. <laughs> Just from having to have you just smash in yeah. his face all the time. Yeah. Who, who is this show guy? Who is this? this <laughs> I can't but uh, but yeah, that's that's football chop. Uh, should should have been should have been at prom. Got his face kicked yeah. in by Royer instead. Yeah. Should have been on the dance floor, man. Should have known better, man. Don't be stepping up on my field on my fifth spring game. I think I know a thing or two about him. You're gonna get got. Forget about it. <laughs> Quick sweep to the right. Pow. Yep. Option read. Pow. Yeah, big time. Anyway, uh, we'll, we'll timestamp a little, little football recruiting Just chat. Just timestamp. We're good. We're good. No timestamp, but we do love you. Quick, quick paper supply. Uh, let's let's hop in the mailbag. Let's make it make it short and easy. Make it fun. Sure I think enough. yet again, mailbag's pretty uh, pretty light. It is pretty late again this week. Um, we'll start in the football portion of the mailbag. Um, all right. Uh, is there any indication from Mick on guys the staff might be keying in on for 2024? 
right. <laughs> Not even I heard that, but sure. When when he has it, when he has that information, he'll write about it. That was what Chad yelled from the other room. I like it. All right. Um, new question. Since Mick posted his article, what side of the ball do you think will be the first commit for the 2024 class offense or defense? Also for bonus points, will the commit be from the state of Cincinnati or not? I don't think it will. I think it's going to be an out-of-state guy. I think it'll be – I think it's going to be an offensive guy, to my guess. They've been bringing a lot of tight ends in. I keep seeing that on Twitter. Yeah, my guess is that's a previous guy they had connection with from Louisville. Um, and maybe it's just someone that, or, or someone that, you know, the, the new recruiting staff has kind of pointed out as, as a target that they've liked for a while and can bring them on. Um, I don't know, but we'll see, I guess we'll see. And Chad, same thing. If, if he, if we know we'll post it on the board. (laughs) Right. Bring in Kirk Herbstreit's kid. <laughs> yeah. Only if he learns how to fucking say Cincinnati. Man. Uh, Cincinnati. You can't be a parent here if you're saying Cincinnati. Maybe. Uh, how about Chris Henry's kid? Bring him in. Man, I would love to see him here. He's 2025. Six. Like it's six. Yeah. yeah. Not not it's following. Long way to go. Not following the previous regime up to whiskey. Uh, are we hosting more official visitors this upcoming weekend? I thought I saw a kid from Florida or Georgia tweeting he'd be on campus. No, they're not hosting any official visitors last weekend or this weekend. It's not official visit time. It is unofficial visit time. And January is open for unofficial visits. So they will host as many as they can through the end of the month. Um there's not a home basketball game or like event, so I don't think it's a full-blown junior day, but they will have guys stopping in and checking things out as they are available. You won't see official visits really probably outside of transfers. You won't see any high school officials until like June for the 2023 class. All right. 24. However, they freaking count it. Uh, there, there was one more question in the football mailbag. I've moved that to the bank's mailbag. We'll get to it. Uh, but that was the football portion of the mailbag. Hey. Real, real, real deep this week. Um, the basketball portion of the mailbag. You see it struggled in afternoon games this year, but have played really well at night. Do you think the game start time matters? Do you know any athletes in any sport that prefer day games over night games or night games over day games? Do you know any college kids that prefer waking up at 6 a.m. over noon? <laughs> I like 3.30. Yeah. 3.30 was the best because, like, night games you're waiting Hospital's all – I'll be right back. You're waiting all okay. day long, and you just wanted, like, the game to get there. But the night atmosphere always paid off. Noon games, you're, like, fucking tired as hell. Like, eyes just crusted doing walkthroughs in the morning. Shouldn't um, have gone out last night. 
<laughs> well, the best, the best. <laughs> when you win, you got time to, to party it up. So that's why 3.30 was the best because you get done around 7.30, back home around 8.30. It's plenty of time. We didn't lose really at home either, so not when I was there. Some do you think do you think that was different for you as a walk-on as opposed to different guys on the team, or do you think it was about the same experience in, for almost everybody? In terms of the uh, game preference time? Well, just in general, like knowing that you needed to start and all of that as opposed to if my number gets called. Yeah, so I I'd say it's it's relatively the same. I do think obviously they had more responsibilities, maybe a little more nerves, and they might not be able to get away with celebrating in certain ways that I would after the game because you know sure. they got to take care of their bodies and stuff a little bit more than me. Um, not that I don't. I just made some bad choices. I mean, I but I guess it's a- <laughs> you could put it that way, or they just can't handle you know the way that you and I no, handle it. I'd say the team at like from walk on to starter, like it has like a, it has like a very, um, it's very consistent across the board. Like everyone has like a, a good, you can kind of, you can, you know, the heartbeat of the team. It's kind of, yeah. everyone's really on the same page with so, most everything. So walk ons would just go straight into the fan and starters would wear a helmet. <laughs> <into the fan. laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I know I was listening to a uh, Matt Painter interview, uh, head coach of Purdue, and he said kind of every coach that he's th- that he really knows loves a noon tip-off because a lot of the coaches just lose their mind, just just freaking out about the game, freaking out about prep, freaking out about, you know, what, what they're going to be able to, you know, are they going to see something new? Are the players going to be ready? So I'm sure coaches probably prefer to get, you know, yeah. the earlier to get it done with, the better. But I'm sure it's probably different for players. Um, like you said, the bright lights, you know, later in the day, you're kind of you're kind of ready to be locked in. And I don't know, maybe seeing other teams out there, you know, on TV during other games, maybe that kind of gets you mentally prepared for, you know, okay, game day, let's go. Oh, an upset happened, we can upset them as well. Oh, uh, oh, a close game, we better make sure we come out and are hit, are hitting on all cylinders early. So um, I don't know. I, I think coaching wise, the earlier, the better to get the game out of the way. But for, for basketball, I, I bet the, the players probably do love that, that late night too. Sure. Kind of get, get the vibes going throughout the entire day, come out and kind of be that, that showcasing. I would think know. the crowd would be different at a night game for basketball than for an early game. You know, I I hate that there have hasn't been Saturday games, like like marquee Saturday games. They they fall on yeah. Sundays. Like, there's nothing better than a Saturday. Everyone's all juiced up. Everyone's yeah, well lubricated. Saturday I, energy. I, I I mean Sunday, you're like I'll have a couple beers before we head in, but I got work tomorrow, so I can't get too crazy. Yeah, it's I a know I was going. hurting today so bad after the Bengals. Well, it's a little different going to eat. Nothing worse. It's a little different going to a, like a UC game one o'clock tip on a Sunday than it is going to a Bengals game that you've been preparing all week for. There's only eight yeah. of them regular season anyway, so you right, man. Staring at staring at a computer screen at at six thirty a.m. after <laughs> a, a Sunday night is it's tough. It is it yep. is hard. 
It's very hard. Uh, we really struggle against the better teams on our schedule. How, as a coach, can you get your team over that threshold, or can you? I think it just comes down to your guys. I think that's our players just not stepping up, making the shots when we need them to, not getting stops, not being – not having a good solid foundation to start the game, always playing from behind. So combination of all those things. Yeah. I mean, uh, we, we kind of touched on it earlier. It's just coming out hot, confident, you know, not doing anything that you not doing anything too crazy, staying focused, oh. do, doing what you've done from the get go and then putting it all together. I don't know. But, Play like you expect to win the damn game from the tip. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You play to win the game. Like, I think right now, and maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. It feels like, and you guys can tell me what you think here. It feels like they're playing to be close. Mm, yep. They're playing to be in the game. They're playing, like, the, the goal mentally for these guys is to show that they can play with these top teams. That's great. Okay, yeah, you played with Arizona. You played with Xavier. They've spent time in the top 10. You've played with Houston. They've been number one. Okay, you've proven that. The next step is you go in and you say, we're going to fucking win. We're going to win. We're playing this game, and we're going to win. And maybe you lose. Because that's sports. But I haven't seen that attitude of we're going to win this game. This is our court. They've lost three games at home. This is our court. We're not losing here. You're going to have to pry it from our cold, dead fucking hands. <laughs> and I haven't seen that yet. Do you think, do you, am I on point there, Ryan? I agree with you. They lack a killer instinct for sure. Being close is no longer good enough. And I think that was kind of the problem we had versus Bama. It was kind of like the just being in the playoff, like knowing how good Bama was. I think some – I mean, I might not be able to speak for, for everyone and how everyone felt, but I, I felt it was kind of like the energy of like oh, a little happy – Yeah, don't get blown out, like – just stay in the game. Like we need to have, prove ourselves yeah. instead yeah, of like, instead of it's time to go fucking win. Cause right. I think that was the kind of energy we had versus Georgia. It was like, cause I remember like coach Freeman, we you took it to Georgia. Oh you yeah. He was like him in the fucking mouth. Yeah. And they would just, they, they're just like showing all their guys and like, like, yeah, like they might have all the fucking stars and whatnot, but like, we're going out there to win. We're not going out there to show that we can hang with them. And we damn near won. <laughs> like, should have won. That's probably, like, the most. I think that's something the basketball team needs. Yeah, that's that's what you need. They're, playing like, they're playing, like, playoff football team. They're not playing, like, Peach Bowl football team. When I took over this, this job full time, you know what my goal was? Kick the inquirer's ass. And don't allow anybody that tries to get in this market an ounce of room to breathe. Win. Like, that that was the mentality. And, mm -hmm. you know, we've kicked the inquirer's ass. Now, Justin's come along, and he's an okay guy, I guess. Like, you know, 
sometimes competition sprouts up from unexpected places. <laughs> I don't think the athletic existed when I took over Bearcat Journal in 2016. Right. Yep. Um, but the point was, like, the Inquirer's been the big dog in this town for, for decades, century, whatever. No, I don't care. We're better than them. We work harder than them. We produce better content than them. We're going to kick their ass. I don't care how long they've been the outlet of record for coverage in Cincinnati. Not good enough. We're going to be better than them. I, I want to see this team have that belief when they take the floor against UCF, Memphis. Maybe you're not better than Houston. Maybe you're not. But don't go out there and just concede. We hope we hope we can keep it close. That it, it doesn't sit well with me. No, me either. I'll I will forever be pissed though. This on Sunday, the the two fouls on Landers. I it, it, it was three to two when Landers had to check out, and Landers did seem sure, like but he had that's a bit, the game. That's no no I I understand that, but I it, it did seem like Landers was the one who came out with that killer mentality, with that mindset. Sure. And then sure. he comes out, and then it kind of just fizzles. You know, He had something to prove. He was playing his old team, for sure. I mean, double-tech my ass. <laughs> no one's single-teching that ass. <laughs> You'd be surprised. <laughs> <laughs> um, what was the bigger momentum-killing sequence that influenced the loss? A, with the score 59-55, Keontae Kennedy hits a bank shot three, at the oh. end of the shot clock from 26 Always feet. Always happens again. He misses that desperation heave, and the score goes 59-57 on DeJulius' two free throws. B, with the score 62-57, Mike Adams-Woods misses a step-in wide-open three, and 13 seconds later, Adams-Woods misses a second step-in wide-open three. He makes either shot, and the score is 62-60, even with Kennedy's lucky bank shot three. And C, with the score 68-61, Odie misses a layup. Then two seconds later, fouls Williams. He makes both free throws. Memphis up nine, game over. Honorable mention, with the score 52-50, Mike Adams-Woods misses an open three, then fouls Kendrick Davis, who makes both free throws. That's a four or five-point swing, depending on how you look at it. Jesus Christ. Question. <laughs> I think it's I mean, the, 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 the segment where Adams-Woods missed the, the offensive rebound wide open three. Yeah, I agree. For me, yeah. as soon as Keontae Kennedy hit that bank shot three, I literally in my yell in my living room yelled, "Fuck, that's the game!" <laughs> yeah, it just I mean, seems like when that shit happens, it always like always. it's not going your way. No, that's that's the luck that that they did not have. UConn Sunday. used to do that every single game that Cincinnati played them. Just some random. End of the shot clock, Shabazz Napier, 40-footer, goes in. And boat right. Boat right, 40-footer, Kemba, 40-footer. It's just, I don't know. I, but, yeah, that was frustrating, but it was definitely Micah. Uh, the Odie miss was was big, man. That was really big. Another situation where they could have cut it, cut the lead again. I, How did you even write this question, Killer V? Like, it would have destroyed me to even type these three st- seconds out. <laughs> the fourth one, even, still is a kick in the dick. Like, I thought about them two hours on my drive home. That's all I thought about was those plays. <laughs> I thought about how much we got excited after JD hit that second three to tie it at 50-all. 
And in my mind, I was like, we're celebrating too much, guys. There's there's 10 minutes left in this game. Come on. Let's let's hone it. The hundreds of people in attendance were celebrating too much. It was it was interesting. But all right, that's the end of the basketball portion of the mailbag. Moving on to the banks portion of the mailbag. I'm gonna I'm gonna let this one, I'm gonna give this one a little bit of a pass. Z Fly and I went to high school together. Uh, but he asks, are Aaron's headbands part of some midlife crisis? Uh, I've been rocking some headbands. I've got about seven of them now, eight of them, however many I've accrued. Uh, I did not wear one tonight. I, they came in. I had the I had the new stripes one on yesterday during the, the Bengals game. Uh, so you'll see some more. I'm growing my hair out, so I'm just trying to do some different stuff with it. And with a baby, trying to get that morning shower in before Rachel leaves for work or uh, before – you know, her nap and all so that. You're, just, you're like, just dirty. You're like, you're just yeah, dirty. For sure. For a okay. thousand percent. There okay. is no, no doubt about that. If I have <laughs> breakfast, that's a, that's a lucky day if I have breakfast. So, I mean, it's just messing around with some different things. There will always be some type of headgear on in this space though, for, for pretty much 98% of the time. You know what, you know, it was a, um, a staple of Chad during stay at home dad life. The cream cheese bagel. Oh okay. yeah. You can you can toast a bagel in you know 60 seconds, slap a, a dollop of cream cheese on it, and you got breakfast. Like see, but I, I like to use bagels for I, I use everything bagels for my deli meat sandwich uh, okay. with some mel- well, melted then, cheese on it. You just yeah, that's great, but but you also, if you want breakfast... Not doubling up on bagels in a day. That's so much bread. <laughs> That's what it's then all about these days, the baby. That bread. It's all about that bread. <laughs> uh, but no, I, just... I, hey, everything baked with a little butter on there. Just... Uh, rah, rah, rah. I, I, it's, it's, it's fine. Everything's you know, cream, my, cheese, uh, cream cheese goes on bagels, not butter. Butter goes I, uh, on toast. My, uh, my, my, my breakfast on every morning is... About five cups of black coffee. And you know what they say, Chad? The uh, the bagel is just the vehicle for the cream cheese. That's the right. The best. I I, I I might think you need to be placed in like on a pre crime list if you put butter on a bagel. Butter I used bagel. to have buttered bagels growing up all the time. Butter, butter on a bagel. And then and then somebody told you cream cheese existed. And you never yeah. put butter on hey, a bagel hey, again. Hey, I, I'll sure, still mess around with a, I'll still, yeah. I'll still mess around with like a with a raisin, a cinnamon raisin bagel with with cream cheese or a, with a with butter or a butter. blueberry with butter. Yeah, butter. I'm with cream you. Cheese. You know, sometimes I, I'm team. I'm team. I'm team cream cheese. You know, you know what the pandemic cheese, killed man. though, Chad? The pandemic killed flavored cream cheese. It's very rare that you can find anything more than a berry cream cheese without going to like Panera. I don't know. I like a I like a good like chive or like a you know like a veggie cream cheese, like a jalapeno cheddar cream cheese. Jalapeno cream cheese is pretty good. Yeah. I'm hungry now. I want a freaking bagel. But as Aaron <laughs> said, I mean as Ryan's saying, it's just a vessel. Ryan, you know what I the did bagel tonight? becomes a vessel. What? So while I was at the hospital, my aunt called me out of nowhere. And my uncle is like the um the two of us are the cooks in the family. Mm. So she said yesterday, my uncle went to uh, to to Kroger and they had pork shoulders on sale for 99 cents a pound. 
So he got like a, you know, eight, nine pound pork shoulder and cooked it and did some pulled pork. So she dropped off two containers of pulled pork at the house. I like, I love butter. I just don't like butter on bagels. I want cream cheese on a bagel if I'm doing a bagel. So I did pulled pork nachos. Oh man. With the, you, uh, with what all did you with, put in it? Just like, so you get a sheet pan. I do a lot of it. A lot of times I'll do it on a pizza, like a, a large pizza. Lamb big and Brian Johnson. Yeah. On a bagel street deli is. That's good amazing. shit. I remember that from my uh, time in Street, amazing. Yeah. Amazing. Love it. So you put one layer of the round tortilla chips. Has uh -huh. to be the round because they fit better in a single layer. Uh-huh. And then you put the pork uh, down. Sense. And then you put the cheese. I usually go with like some queso, some white queso. And then uh barbecue sauce. Uh -huh. And then some shredded. Like we usually have like the Mexican four cheese. Yeah. And then you just put it in the oven enough for the tortilla chips and the barbecue sauce and the, the pork to heat up. And you just have a mound of barbecue nachos. And then I always have the uh, pickled jalapeno slices. Yeah. That I put, I don't Is like, I don't, I don't like the jalapeno slices in the oven. I like to put those on after it comes out of the yeah. oven because it gives you a little uh, temperature contrast. Yeah. So I ate, a, I ate an entire tray of... Uh, you ate a whole nuggets. tray. My dad had a little bit. <laughs> Are you talking like the big, like, um, aluminum like foil tray? I oh, have my no, God. How no did clue. you eat all that? <laughs> I have no clue how we ended up here from my headbands, but I think that's hilarious. <laughs> well, you that only do just... one layer. Like, you don't pile oh, it. Oh, yeah, yeah. The, right, key is, right. the key is getting... Pork and barbecue sauce and ev and everything on every chip. When you yeah. pile it, you've got those chips in the middle that That's like I thought that don't have like any full shit ass on pan. Them. Yeah, you're right. No, no, no. Like a like like a, <laughs> yeah. a one sheet of chips. You probably then, have like twenty chips. Uh, maybe a little more, but in that <laughs> general vicinity, yeah. over um, under twenty seven and a half chips. It's it's like if you go to um, damn it. <laughs> What's uh, gr uh, chilies, chilies, yeah, and you order nachos from chilies, it's not a plate of nachos, it's like 20 individual chips with meat and cheese and whatever you like. Each chip is its own individual vehicle. I aim for that as oh. opposed to a pile of nachos where you get eight nachos that have a bunch of shit on it and then. 36 yeah. nachos that are just a nacho that, <laughs> that didn't get anything on it. Yeah, nacho purgatory. Yeah. Right. Yeah. All right. I uh, didn't realize I didn't realize bagels were gonna cause such a <laughs> such a thing. The, the, the only comments we've had in the entire show have been about the bagels segment. <laughs> um cream cheese. All right. Cream cheese. butter goes on toast, cream cheese goes on bagels. <laughs> General oh, rule. Set the record straight. Uh, and bagels. <laughs> makes sense. Uh, fake John Goble says, okay, I feel like we should give you, Aaron, a choice. Would you rather be buried under my pool during construction or cover the AAC for the next decade, including road trips to Temple, ECU, and Tulsa for full reports? Uh, it's about to be worse than just 
Temple. That's EC the problem with this this whole AAC like idea that we've been joking around with forever. If it was just the remaining AAC schools, I think it would be funny. But it's not. But, but Rice, North what, Texas. What, what are we doing here? Rice. I, I like rice. Me too. I had some rice for dinner. Oh, just rice. What went with with rice that? and steak? But uh, you guys are gonna like this. So, I. Remember I said I went to Finley Market. I got the oh, sirloins. Yeah. Yeah. yeah well, I like three. I have like three and a half pounds of sirloin in my <laughs> freezer, and I I dethaw. I'm trying to dethaw my four pounds of chicken in the in the refrigerator, and it doesn't dethaw. So I'm like, whatever. I'm just gonna get the steak. So I'm like trying to dethaw the steak. So you 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 take the steak and you put you put it on top of a pan. So you flip a pan. So at the bottom of the pan's facing up. And you put yep. the steak on top of that. Then you take another pan full of water, put that on top of the steak. So like okay. the steak smushed in between two pans. Heard that. But I did the whole three and a half pounds. Like, why isn't this, why is this taking so damn long? Because it's three and a fucking pounds. I know. I know. And it was, it was like getting around like seven o'clock. Like, I don't have time to mess around with this anymore. So I ended up just cooking a frozen steak on the, on the <laughs> stove top. Okay. And it, it's turned an interesting. Damn well, yeah, it turned out good because it was like you like cook it low to dethaw yeah, it and then return the. Yeah. So it's essentially and reverse searing. Kind of, but it's yeah. It's you want, just, you want the I chicken wouldn't... hack, Royer? Then you just put water. butter on that beet. Water. Yeah. Water. Yeah. You, you put, put it in it salt all... water. Just put it. Put it in some water with a little salt. If you do it for like two hours minimum, it actually ends up brining the chicken so it's more juicy because it's been in water. Um, and you can you can thaw it out. I mean, it'll it'll thaw out in an hour if you put it in in just a container yeah. of water. I didn't have an hour. I needed like a 20 minute. <laughs> you can get there. You'll get there more with the chicken in 20 minutes than you will with Trying to throw out three fucking pounds of steak. <laughs> Dumbass. I learned my lesson, man. Every topic all about food. Yeah. It's this is the bank's portion. Well hungry. Podcast. And the answer is always butter. Just put a little butter on that steak. It'll be good. <laughs> Cream cheese. <laughs> no. No, you, you put the butter in the skillet, you melt the butter, and then you baste the yep. steak with the butter. Yes. Uh, so to answer this question, though, bury me under your pool. Fuck the AAC. Because <laughs> then you can come out and swim. You'll be good. You no, I'm, I'm buried under their pool. Like, oh, oh, oh no. Fake yeah. John Goble, Fake John Goble is getting a pool, and they want to, while the pool is dug out, Barry. kill Aaron and bury him underneath. Oh, oh man. Oh, Aaron, 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 Aaron. So Skin says, I want to piggyback off fake John Goebbels question. Aaron, would you rather be stuck on a flight to Australia? Spoiler alert, it's the flight from the TV show Lost with a bunch of colicky kids or the beat reporter for ECU basketball. Oh, oh, mm. what a what a hellscape job that is, beat reporter for ECU basketball. And either way, you're landing on a on an island. <laughs> right? Are you landing with, with the Lord of the Flies group? Or are you landing with the ECU basketball beat writer? Uh, yeah. we'll, we'll, 
we'll talk we'll talk for longer than uh Holt Naylor's career on that island. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll be we'll be there for you know the better part of a decade and a half. Um Chad, we need your help. I'm running out of ways to torture Aaron. Ryan, oh, look, how did look skins? Fucking kill him or don't shit or get <laughs> off the pot. Like we've been doing this. We've been doing this for like a year now. If you're gonna fucking pull the trigger, pull the trigger. If not, find a new bit. Like this bit. We're at the point with this bit that if you don't bury him under John Goebel's pool, you're not hate John Goebel's pool. You're not allowed to talk about killing Aaron anymore. Do it or don't. <laughs> Jesus. Next week we will have Eric Simon on as the fourth member of the podcast. Didn't, didn't know Chad wanted me off the payroll so bad. I don't. Oh I'm just God. tired of them talking about not killing you but not killing you. I'm just saying – do it or don't do it. Don't Brian, ask me for advice. Brian Johnson knows. There's, there's <laughs> butter. Add butter. More, with butter. more, more questions here, butter. though. Ryan, how did you end up in engineering? Oh. Um, I had a, an engineering. Yeah. Basically, my high school offered a four-year engineering program. And so I took the class <laughs> as a freshman loser. and liked it. Yeah, I, I was a nerd. loser nerd. Fucking nerd. <laughs> Yeah. Oddly, it's also how we ended up in the weight room so much. And the what? You'd be the strongest engineer you've ever seen, bro. <laughs> now, one of my best yeah. friends is an engineer, so. Is he a loser? You're, right, you're all right in my book. No, he's actually one. He's Oh, you would love him. He's wild. He's crazy. Good. Oh, I mean, yeah. the engineers get after it. I'll tell you what. We, no we, would, we would have fun. Uh, that's for There's sure. No Some great, great people in that major. Um, yeah, that's basically it. And last question, Brent, how do I set up the GoFundMe for hashtag AAC23? I'm hoping to raise enough money to send Aaron to games at ECU, Tulsa, and Kabul, or a weekend in Youngstown. Hey. <laughs> we I'm know paying. enough people in Youngstown that you would be good for a weekend in Youngstown. Skins. Coach Doug, Doug Phillips would show you a good time in Youngstown, wouldn't he, earlier? Oh, yeah. Dougie Phillips? Oh, oh yeah. I'm busy. Skins, I'll pay for it all. Let's just make it happen. Let's make it happen. Well, weird, weirdly enough, Brent, you're gonna be paying for your own trip. Oh, <laughs> interesting. Um, but no, it was awesome. I was at that that Dallas Live or whatever, you know, before the Cotton Bowl, and yeah. uh, walk up to the to the bar to 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 buy my my girl a drink. Not myself. I had to work the game a little later. Who's? Uh, I turned to my right. Who's standing right there? Doug Phillips. I say, Coach, <laughs> Coach wow. what's good, man? Made it in for the game. He's like, yeah. Brad, how you doing? <laughs> yeah. Uh, one, one last question in the mailbag. If you are a Bengals fan, would you rather see an injury-impaired Patty Mahomes at quarterback or a totally healthy game plan-ready Chad Henney? Chad, Chad Henney. Henney. 100%. Pat Mahomes was throwing off the wrong leg the entire second half and still put together a great game. If if you can get to a situation where you don't have anything to do with Pat Mahomes in the game, you you take your chances. Because you see that that sidearm throw, disgusting. I normally hate Patrick Mahomes. I, he just irks me the wrong way. I I don't. I would shouldn't say I hate him. I'm just like I get it. 
He's, he's just, just got that. He's just that face. The wife, the, the brother. Yeah, it's like the whole like God, and he was just like the Seth Curry treatment, Steph Curry treatment. I'm sorry, just like the his industry plan. His brother got the Seth Curry treatment. Yeah, <laughs> and I even had to drop a like on the on the post on Instagram. I saw. I, I had to give him some love on that pass. That was disgusting. Oh, oh my God. Ryan, I have a question for you in the mailbag. Um, I had a theory on PTP last week, and I'll ask an actual football player. Shovel passes, should they always be fumbles if they hit the ground? I think they should always be fumbles. <laughs> well, I mean, they can't. If you look at the rule, it's a, it's a passing I'm, motion. It, it should be. I think the rule should be changed. If it's not an actual overhand throw, if it's a forward lateral what get it so kind of what josh allen did exactly what josh allen did <laughs> yeah i see i mean your arm they're... moves forward so it's a pass yeah i'm not no, saying I, I agree I, with it but that's the rule it's it's a, i know then then it should be intentional grounding if there's no one there wouldn't it be i don't know yeah, I, I don't, it, it I, would I, be there I feel I don't feel like it's called nearly enough. I think they're like, oh, he got it off. I guess we're good, and then nothing uh, yeah. else is paid attention. Doesn't to. the NFL have a different rule or something for grounding compared to college? I don't remember. It's a little different in terms of like what has to go past the line of scrimmage and what doesn't. Yeah, yeah. What is uh, inside the tackle box and what's side outside the tackle box? Yeah, yeah. Just, I think all shovel passes should just always be. If it hits the ground, it's a fumble. Don't shovel pass this bullshit while you got a guy wrapped around your torso. Yeah. <laughs> right. I feel your pain. It is kind of a stupid little play. Yeah. Mo, Mo hates shovel passes. It's I hate trash. them. I think they're so stupid. Such it's the bane of like whenever... existence. I feel like they always work on your team, but whenever your team tries to do it, it you just like royally screw it up. Well, because you don't have Travis Kelsey, so just yeah, doesn't work. That does tend to change the math on shovel passes when you have Travis Kelsey. <laughs> Quite a lot. He was on with McAfee today. It was electric. Was it hilarious? Um, yeah. Check That's the mailbag. Wow. Hopefully, hopefully they said last week they were like, We need we need to get sauce on the show. Uh oh. so I immediately texted Jason Sauce's number. And hopefully we'll get sauce on New Heights here soon. Oh, that would be nice. Nice. That would be that would be fun. I, like I think that, yeah. those two and sauce together would, would produce some some very entertaining content. Yeah. They get him out of his get him out of his little like people don't know it, Royer. We've talked about it a lot. Sauce lives in a little bit of a shell. Like he does, he's really good on his Twitch stream, but he's not like this open. He's not Travis Kelsey when it comes to his personality. No, he's more reserved. Like yeah, that's what I'm saying. Way more reserved on like on like his interviews, his social media compared to how he would be in the locker room. So I think him with the Kelsey brothers would be awesome. So yeah, they'll they'll get some stuff out of them. Right. For hopefully sure. we can set that up. Dude, that it's so yeah. it's so damn good. I, I can't wait to to get tomorrow or Wednesday when we get a new episode Wednesday. And it's okay. gonna be electric. 
my my yeah. my podcast listening because I've got it's essentially forty minutes each way, like dealing with traffic and stopping to get something to eat and whatever to get uh, good Sam from here. Uh, so I generally do a podcast a day, like half of it on the way there, half of it on the way back. The new two, the the new two bears, one cave mm-hmm. is Burt Kreischer and Louis C.K. Oh yeah, and uh, that's because Louis was just only, on Rogan. Yeah, I can only imagine the contrast, how good it's going to be listening to Burt and Louis C.K. <laughs> go back and forth. Yeah, that was. I've heard good. one clip, and it was like, it, like Bert was asking him like, like about religion, and like if you could find religion, and Louis C.K. was like, I don't give a fuck about religion. <laughs> yeah, just brutally and, honest. Oh, it was, it was about the afterlife, like what what happens in the afterlife, and like Bert was like, wouldn't you like, L? And Louis C.K. is like, we die. That's it. I don't care what happens after that. We die. <laughs> and Bert was like, "My heart just stopped. I can't believe you said that." So <laughs> like, you don't believe in anything. And Louis C.K. is like, "I'm fucking Louis C.K. Of course I don't believe in anything." So I'm excited to get that tomorrow on the way in. There you go. Uh, and then Wednesday, I always rock out New Heights on Wednesdays. There we go. Well, it's exciting. You, you are. One? Oh man, it's such a segue. Did you hear the Gronk one? They did Gronk. They had Gronk last week on with Travis and Jason, and it was electric. electric. I gotta watch that one. Go ahead, Aaron. I'm sorry. I was just gonna say, as excited as you are for that on the way in, Brent, get us out of here. <laughs> but real quick, I wanted to ask because what we're gonna talk next Monday, so the game will be over. Uh, Bet Fred Sports is uh, one and a half, right? Are the Bengals heading back to? To another another SB is it uh, is it Glendale yes. Arizona bound two in a row? Give me the Eagles. I, I I don't want any part of the Niners. I'm at the point. I just how could you consciously bet against Joe Burrow? Three in a row. Yeah, I like the Bengals look unstoppable. In his first he three also- years, he now has more playoff wins than any quarterback in history. In his first three years in the league. Two of those at Arrowhead. This would yeah. be the third at Arrowhead. I'm talking playoff victories. There's I'm talking about one playoff. Yeah. I'm talking about victories against the Chiefs. Yeah. And his first season, we all know what happened. So that is that is one whale of an accomplishment. I don't know how like I'm shocked it's a it's pretty much a pick'em, right? That's what I saw. Yeah. Uh when it also, opened as a pick'em. It's also Jonah and Kappa are trend are trending up. The line was the best it's been all year. Yeah, against Buffalo. Yeah, Buffalo doesn't have that good of a line though. But no. I, I do think that there's some. I think the Chiefs really hate the Bengals now, and I think there's there's going to be oh, a little yeah. bit revenge factor now. The way that that but I thought that was going to be the case in the regular season game, Royer should have been. I know, I know. That's what I'm just. I'm just thinking that Casey's hungry. They got bounced last year by him at home. I, High ankle sprain? You're playing on a high ankle sprain in 22-degree weather that feels like it's negative two. I know. Bengals got every every shot. Every shot to go do it again. I think they will. And you know what the Bengals have as well? They've got that chip about how they were left out of the whole entire, you know, three-team. They don't have a player. The the um, Pete, 
PFWA came out with their um, their all pro teams. Yeah. And again, the Bengals have not a single player, not one. That's all they even need. In, even in the all AFC, not a single player. They do have the best quarterback in the NFL. So, Whew. remember when we argued about top five last season? Whew. You go, you go back to the AFC Championship game, and you make Josh Allen look like a little bitch in the process. <laughs> Shit changes. Wow, wow! But hey, guys, I'm not betting against Joe. Maybe they lose, but I'm not betting against Joe. Not betting against Joe. But before you don't bet against Joe, you got a big game next Saturday. That's right. The Bearcats basketball team back in action at Houston on CBS. 2.15, I think, is the tip time on that. Thanks yes. to CBS for, to, to give a little leeway for any that hangover. 15 minutes is important. To, yeah, any hangover from that team from Norwood who's on before. So, uh, what do you think guys, the spread's going to be, Brent? 15 and a half, probably. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even joking. <laughs> Ken Ken you take you taking the Bearcats under? Ken Palm's got him got him sixteen right now. So, uh, I, Ken Palm's got it at sixteen. Yeah, yeah. Sitting there at uh, the last three have all been thirteen. Final score: Bearcats have lost by thirteen at Houston in the conference tournament and at Cincinnati. Right, seventy three fifty seven final. Yep, uh, that is right, Chad. Thirteen, every single one of them. If Tennessee's back, does that change things? Maybe gives you somebody to put on Sasser a little bit. Yeah. If, you might still have to ease him in, though. Yeah, but I mean, if you can, you can put him in for you know a segment at a time and get yeah. him back out. Maybe yes. just changes changes something. I don't know. I it'd be the same same way they used uh, C.J. Anthony in the, on Sunday. <laughs> For 14 go. seconds. 14 seconds. But anyway, <laughs> yet again, another thank you, as always, to Danco Transmission, not a care. Thank you to Quick Paper Supply. Uh, but as always, for my guys, my pals, that's right, Aaron Smith, Chad Brendel, Ryan Warrior. I am Brent Young yet again. Uh, this is another fantastic BBP presented by DirtCutJournal.com. See ya!